is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is episode 430 for your may 15th 2022 i am your host jd from new york and thank you guys so very much for joining me on your wednesday nights wednesday nights look i I already want fucking dynamite to be here man that's how much i hate monday knowing i'm going into monday sunday nights Right here from the OTS venue, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, man. I already want it to be Wednesday. We got a lot to go over today, man. We got a lot of news on Roman Reigns. We got a lot of news on Money in the Bank. Apparently, WWE may change the concept of Money in the Bank. We already discussed this earlier in the week on an extra. If you guys missed that, I will go over All of that again today, I got some new additional information as well on that. Roman Reigns, where's he going? How long is he going to be here? What type of of schedule is Roman Reigns going to have? What pay-per-views is he going to be a part of on the WWE pay-per-view calendar? We're going to talk about all that and so much more right here on Off The Script. It is your Sunday Night Delight, episode 430 of the podcast, man. I appreciate you guys so much for joining me in the venue. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got people filtering on in here still. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. At one point, before I even hit live, there were 130 people waiting for me in the live stream chat. And we had 130 likes. Can we do that right now, man? We got people still coming on in. The minimum goal for tonight, man, is a thousand. A thousand. We need 1,000 likes minimum on today's Off The Script, man. So make sure you guys go and do that for me right now. Also, go and hit that Super Chat button. Let me know what you guys think of all the top stories tonight in the IWC. We're going to go over all that stuff right here on Off The Script again today. Make sure you guys hit that Join button. Become a VIP right here on Off The Scripts. You guys get access to those emotes. You guys get all of those. Badges next to your name, multicolored badges. I see some green, I see some purple, I see some red. I even seen Tan May in here, man. He had that gold microphone. That's what you get for being a 24 month member right here in the VIP club, man. So make sure you guys hit that join button and become a VIP right here on Off the Script. Also, make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Tons of it. We were live Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. If you guys missed any of that stuff, go and check all that stuff out. It's all on the homepage for you. Nice and neat. Nice and neat for you. Categorized by show. Everything you need listed recently is on the homepage. 
And tonight, the show is sponsored by Honey. Join honey.com slash off the script. Go get your free audiobook. Free audiobook in 30 days of the service right here, courtesy of the podcast that's off the scripts. Sponsored by Honey. We'll go over my friends over at Honey a little bit later. Oh, no, what did I say? Audible? I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about tonight. It's Honey. Join Honey.com Audible. Join Honey.com slash off the script. Go and get your uh, free web browser. I, I swear to God, I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about, man. And no, I did, I did not. I did not have any cold beverages myself tonight. I've only had water. For the last 48 hours, man, nothing but water. It's been a busy day, man. I've been redoing the office. I moved into this new space. Things might not be the way I like it right now. Color may be off. Microphone might sound a little weird. Fucking new space and everything, man. So uh, I just moved in here yesterday. My mind is fried. Fried with all I had to move in here, man. It's fucking ridiculous. So if I make a mistake or if I make a... uh, a blunder here and there. Don't fault me, man. I'm fucking tired. I maybe got, I don't know, six hours of good sleep in the last 48 hours, man. Jesus fucking Christ. So I'm glad you guys are joining me. And uh, let's get into the news, man. Let's get into the news. We're going to start off with the money in the bank situation. We talked about this on Off the Script Extra. And we talked about this extensively. Major changes for money in the bank. Concept may be changing completely for one of WWE's favorite matches. Jesse, I am not, I'm not going to divulge that information, bro. I'm not going to divulge that information. When I see you on Wednesday, we may or may not talk about my new uh, undisclosed uh, location. So uh, just keep your mouth shut, bro. Major changes for the entire Money in the Bank concept. We talked about this on Off the Script Extra. I don't really like these potential changes, but... Knowing WWE, this may be nothing, but they did keep the Cody Rhodes appearance in this vignette for three straight appearances, one on Backlash, one on Raw, and then again on Friday during SmackDown. WWE's created a lot of confusion amongst their fan base when they aired a promo for the upcoming Money in the Bank premium live event on WrestleMania Backlash, and then on Raw, and again on Friday. Cody Rhodes appeared in the ad and stated that the winners of the Money in the Bank briefcases would earn title shots at WrestleMania. The idea completely turns the concept of being able to cash in at any time on its head. It was reported that many WWE officials were surprised by the ad as the fans were. So everybody was taken aback by this. Money in the Bank has a special aura about what makes it special and that every moment could be a final cash-in, and we have, uh, what is going on here with the stream? Hold on one second, guys. Apparently, uh, apparently the, apparently YouTube is saying I have duplicate streams up. I don't know what the fuck is going on. We don't have duplicate streams up. I don't know if this is a glitch in YouTube. It says I have duplicate streams up, which is not the case at all. Just let me get my, uh, they completely closed out my control center. There you go. We're back. I don't know what happened. So, like I said, Money in the Bank has a special thing about it. Fans love it. Uh, Every moment, really, with the fake cash-ins, the false cash-ins, the false hope, right? Cashing in that contract, it makes it all exciting. It makes the shows worth watching. When is this person going to cash in? When are they going to cash in? Is it going to be the night after? Is it going to be six months from now? They're going to cash in at WrestleMania. Nobody's really cashed in and made it memorable at WrestleMania outside of Seth Rollins. 
If the winners were locked into a match at WrestleMania, it would defeat the purpose of the entire show. Now, on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer talked about this and talked about the Money in the Bank promo, which again aired on Raw. Dave asked around and nobody has talked uh, about anything regarding this situation. Nobody knew anything about it. Many WWE employees were surprised when they actually saw the ad run with Cody Rhodes. So he says this, and I quote, So the first time I saw this, I just thought, wait a minute. So I had to ask around, and nobody seemed to know anything about the situation, so I really didn't worry about it. But then they aired the same promo again. So if they do it again, it's not a mistake. WWE is very meticulous with these types of things. They aired the promo. It's on Raw. And then it happened at the pay-per-view again. So that's what they said. I know people there that should know, that don't know, and were surprised. XWWE. The official statement was right there, and it's no official statement at all. But the ad, that was the ad. And what was in the ad is in the ad. So it appears the winners of the men's and women's matches, Money in the Bank matches, are going to be getting title shots at WrestleMania, based on the promotion for the show that they put in there. Cody Rhodes legitimately said that the men and women will have an opportunity to main events WrestleMania. Now, I didn't say this on the extra that I did when I talked about all of these uh, news articles about Money in the Bank. Maybe WWE is going to change the rules, but they're not allowed to say, and they're certainly not going to tell, tell Dave Meltzer, but maybe they are changing the rules, and then they want to make the official announcement official via Michael Cole or on Monday Night Raw before we get to Money in the Bank. We got to go through Hell in a Cell first, and then WWE during the build of the show. Maybe they will divulge this type of information, but they don't want people to know about it so early, and certainly... Not Dave Meltzer. So it would definitely change the entire nature of the money in the bank. This is unlike anything we've seen before. If the men and women are going to be getting title shots at WrestleMania. Dave Meltzer also talked about the potential change to the money in the bank stipulation on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio. The first step towards the change would be for the two men's world championships. Now we only have one world champion with two titles. So what does this mean? WWE would more than likely, if they want this thing to be official and they want it to make sense, the brand split isn't going anywhere. Fox doesn't want a brand split. They want brand exclusivity. Monday Night Raw, they're a bunch of fucking crybabies. They're getting a steel cage match on Monday night with Bobby Lashley and Omos because Drew McIntyre and Sami Zayn just had one. So NBC Universal cried to WWE, well, how come Fox got a steel cage match and we got uh, an arm wrestling fucking contest with Omos and Bobby Lashley. I don't know. So, tit for tat. The networks are too big fucking screaming, shitting diapers, fucking crying rivers of tears, fucking babies. Fox and NBC Universal. So, we need two world champions. We don't have a world champion on Monday night. So, for this to make sense, it would probably have to be... They could still do it with one champion, but I don't see there being just one champion for the rest of the year. You know WWE is going to go and give Monday Night Raw back their WWE title. So for the men, it's either going to be for the SmackDown Championship, the Universal title, or the WWE title, depending on who wins and what brand they're from. Same thing for the women. So for example, if Becky Lynch wins the money in the bank, she's a Monday Night Raw superstar, she will be getting a 
Monday Night Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania. So that's her locking to win the Money in the Bank and get the WrestleMania shot. If somebody on SmackDown, let's say, I don't know, let's go with Baron Corbin, which I hope to God doesn't happen. If Baron Corbin wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, then he's getting a World Championship match at the Universal title at WrestleMania. So my question is, what happens to the Royal Rumble? So if the Universal Championship is already determined for the Money in the Bank stipulation that they may be changing it to, then the Royal Rumble would be for the WWE Championship. And then the women, Becky Lynch wins the briefcase, then the women's Royal Rumble would be for the SmackDown Women's Championship. I don't like that. I don't like that. It it takes everything and it erases the lineage in the history of the Money in the Bank briefcase. I don't like it. That's what's going to happen if WWE stays with this rule. That's what's going to happen if they stay with this concept. My question is, why are you taking the importance away from the Royal Rumble? That's what I am most concerned about. The money in the bank should be money in the bank. You got a guaranteed cash in that you could cash in at any time in the next 12 months. WWE seemingly has done this year over year over year for the last couple of years. They don't want to book the money in the bank briefcase. They either book it on somebody and then they cash it in literally within a week. It's happened the last couple of years. Braun Strowman, Alexa Bliss, Bailey may have done it once before in the past. Nikki Ash has done it. I don't like that they waste the briefcase. You're pretty much wasting and throwing away 12 months of booking. I don't understand their fucking laziness and their, their just hesitation for the Money in the Bank briefcase. If they go and do this new concept, you're actively taking away the importance of the Royal Rumble. And you should not be taking importance away from the Royal Rumble because it is the biggest show of the entire year for what will shape up to be WrestleMania. Outside of of WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble is the second most important show on the entire WWE calendar. Why are you actively looking to make it feel like everything else? And some people might not like that. Some people may agree with these new concepts. I don't. You should leave it for whoever wins the Royal Rumble to choose what championship that they want to go after. And if this is going to decide one of the championships for the men and the women, and then the Royal Rumble is going to decide the other set of championships in the company for the men and women, then why do we need an elimination chamber? The elimination chamber has been used to build that bridge to get to WrestleMania. Whoever wins the Royal Rumble for Monday Night Raw Superstar wins the Royal Rumble on the men's side, then the SmackDown Men's Championship and the contender for whoever the champion is should be contested inside the elimination chamber. Same thing goes for the women. If the SmackDown uh, brand wins the Royal Rumble, then the Monday Night Raw Challenger should be determined inside the Elimination Chamber. I, I don't get why we've, we're actively looking to, f- to pretty much make the Royal Rumble less important, and you're pretty much eliminating any fucking, any use of the Elimination Chamber. Any importance that that Elimination Chamber had is going to be, with this concept, pretty much non-existent. I don't understand it. This is what they're setting up for. This is what they potentially are planning to do. I don't like it. Dave Meltzer talked about it. It's been going around the community for a couple of days now. 
I, I don't really understand why we would do anything to actively take away from something else on the pay-per-view calendar because you want to switch things up. Money in, the, the money in the bank doesn't need to be switched up. It doesn't. What needs to be switched up is the way you attack the creator for it. That's what needs to be switched up because you haven't done anything in the last couple of years, several years, in fact, to make it feel important. I hope that they don't change the concept. I hope they don't. So many stars have been born based off the current format. You don't want to go and change that. And do you really expect WWE to have someone hold the briefcase from July all the way till April without getting itchy palms? The briefcase will be on the line. They'll choose a winner and then not feel like that guy deserved the fucking briefcase four months from when he won it. You honestly think WWE is set and mind capable of long-term booking? (laughs) Give me a break, man. Come on. You guys know that's never going to be a thing. Give me a fucking break, man. Nobody expects WWE to do this. With the money in the bank briefcase, man. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's ridiculous. Just keep it the way it is. Everybody would be a lot happier. Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has signed a new WWE contract with a reduced schedule. There's a lot of speculation. There has been a lot of speculation about Roman Reigns. After his live event in Trenton, New Jersey, talked about a new phase in his life. Reigns has talked about wanting to make the transition to Hollywood, and Nick Khan stated that WWE would be helping the process. The comments made by Reigns last Saturday night led to some speculation that he would be leaving the company very soon. On Wrestling Observer Radio, Meltzer talked about Roman Reigns not leaving WWE, but he signed a new deal that essentially gives him a schedule similar to Brock Lesnar, where he only wrestles on a few shows per year. This is not it for him, but the situation is that he got a new deal, and the new deal is for far less dates. I don't know how many house shows he's going to be doing, but it will be much less than the number he's doing now. It's one of the perks of being there for a while and being valuable. There is all these kinds of people back there, like Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar, Edge, Uh, A nice handful of Cody Rhodes probably as well, being that he just got there and they're treating him like the next fucking big thing. There's a handful of people right now that are doing what Roman Reigns is doing, but Roman Reigns wasn't doing it before all those guys. So now he's at a position where he's pretty much earned his status in the company. He wants less dates. He wants a softer deal as far as the schedule goes, and he got it. He's been their number one guy for the better part of two years, so why not? Why not give it to Reigns? It's one of those perks for being there for a while, Meltzer said, and being valuable. There's all these kinds of things he could do with that type of power, work fewer dates, maintain the championship for as long as he wants, defend it against who he wants, drop it to who he wants. This is very, very Brock Lesnar-esque, uh, very Hulk Hogan-esque back in the 80s. This is what all, this is what all the champions do. They, they do this all. He's going to be in a new phase of his life. He's got young kids and everything like that. In his mid to late 30s, he probably wants to, pre- to preserve his body a little bit more. Now, Meltzer did also note that Reigns only worked a couple of shows on the recent UK tour, but he didn't go uh, on the prior tour because he didn't want to be away from his family. The perks of being Roman Reigns. Meltzer added that Reigns will go for a couple of days on an overseas tour, but he won't be away from home for two weeks straight. 
Now, everybody started asking about what his schedule was going to be. If he's not going to be there on the house show circuit, and he's going to be taking less dates, does this mean anything for Friday Night SmackDown? Does this mean anything for the pay-per-views that WWE is coming up? Hell in a Cell, Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, Clash at the Castle. These are all stadium shows. Those last three shows are all stadium shows. Meltzer did a follow-up about Roman Reigns and noted that someone in WWE with knowledge of the situation said that in addition to Roman Reigns wrestling limited house show circuits, he will also work limited pay-per-views. Now, there was a report earlier in the week, and we talked about it, where Roman Reigns supposedly, it was reported, that he was supposed to take 10 weeks off. Roman Reigns taking 10 weeks off, starting after the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. He misses Money in the Bank, he misses SummerSlam, and he misses Clash of the Castle? No. They didn't have him back until September 5th. That's a weekend. The fuck does that mean? He'll be back on the following Friday Night SmackDown after Clash of the Castle. I did not believe what I was reading. Why would WWE allow him to take 10 weeks off while holding both the Universal and WWE Championships? Something had to be wrong there. But Meltzer reported that it could be. PW Insider actually first reported it. That it was going to be 10 weeks away from WWE for Roman Reigns. How do you do that? Does he wrestle at Hell in a Cell? Does he drop the titles at Hell in a Cell? Does he drop the titles on SmackDown? Get the fucking titles off of him. Nobody wants SmackDown operating without a world champion. We already don't have Monday Night Raw operating without a world champion. So what the fuck did this all mean? I did not believe anything in this story. But if it was legit, you better get the fucking championships off him. Stat! I did not want that to be the case. But apparently Meltzer says... There was a report that he had agreed to do only major pay-per-view shows per year, meaning largely the planned stadium shows and the Saudi Arabia shows. One person in the promotion with knowledge of the deal said that the first report of six wasn't exactly accurate, but close. And his number, the number of the stadium shows and the Saudi shows would be eight. So Roman Reigns may be only working right now, as long as he's champion, eight pay-per-views per year. Who knows how long he's going to be there if he's got from now till WrestleMania. Who knows what his schedule will be like last year. It may be less next year. If we get The Rock and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, it may be less after he gets The Rock match at WrestleMania. We, We don't know. We have no fucking clue. So right now, with the stadium shows and the Saudi shows, that makes eight left for the year. Roman Reigns apparently will be working all of those shows. But what about a Hell in a Cell? He's not on. He's not on the show. Hell in a Cell will not feature Roman Reigns. He's not scheduled for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view on June 5th. And the top star advertised for the show is Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins is going to be inside Hell in a Cell. And I talked about this on Friday Night SmackDown during the post-show. Reigns has been pulled from several house shows where he was advertised for matches against Drew McIntyre or Bobby Lashley. Those matches have been changed to to Rhodes versus Rollins in the main events. Meltzer noted that Reigns will be on some pay-per-view events in the next months, but not all of them going forward, and he will be appearing on SmackDown to build towards these particular pay-per-views that he will be on. This is similar to what Brock Lesnar and Goldberg would do. There are some SmackDown and Raw shows right now that don't have him advertised, 
But the word is that at some point he will be added to the ads for these particular shows. Meltzer said, Reigns has both the money and the power in the company to do whatever he wants. If his body is hurting, and it would be, he can slow down. He has kids and doesn't need to do anything else if he doesn't want to. There's one mindset that I always think about when we look at somebody like this and there's smoke to the fire about him going to Hollywood. If Roman Reigns wants to slow down and his body's hurting, you know, it's always going to be used as the number one excuse. Oh, he's got family, he's got kids and this and that. Fine, that's understandable. But Roman Reigns is 37 years old, 36, 37 years old. Why does he want to slow down now in what is the greatest run of his career? He knows that after this run, he is not going to ever top it if he tried. It is it. I said this on the extra I did this week. If you guys want to go back and listen to it, it's on the channel right now. Roman Reigns knows this is the end of the line for him. What you and I are watching is Roman Reigns and the end of his career. Full-time. This entire tribal chief, head of the table story, this is Roman Reigns at the end of his career. Soon as he drops these titles, part-time. He's going to full part-time status. It may not be an edge part-time status. It might not even be a Lesnar part-time status. It might not even be John Cena part-time status. It may be a little bit more than John Cena, obviously, being that Cena only shows up one time a year, and I miss John Cena. But it will be a part-time basis for Roman Reigns. What you and I are watching is the end of Roman Reigns' career, and he's slowing down because he wants to make sure his body is right for Hollywood. He can't go and do Hollywood when he wants. Immediately after gives up pro wrestling if he's got surgeries and injuries and he's got to sit back and rehabilitate and recoup from all the years of pro wrestling. He doesn't want to put any more strain on his body because he wants to make that transition when that transition happens fluidly, smoothly as possible. So what you and I are watching is the end of Roman Reigns' career. This Tribal Chief storyline, him holding the Universal and WWE Championships, this is the end of the line for Roman Reigns. Now, he says it's a new phase in life, meaning reduced house show schedule, but their new phase in life is that, and that's a cover-up. Hollywood is the new phase in life. He's scaling it back because the new phase in life will be transitioned to Hollywood, Joe Anawai. That's what's going to be. Now, Roman Reigns is not scheduled to wrestle at Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell is on June 5th in Chicago. Dave Meltzer reported on The Observer this week that Reigns is not going to be working the show at all. No title match at all for Roman Reigns. So what is the plan for Roman Reigns? Who is his next opponent? And who is going to be in the main event for the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view? I'm trying to get more information on this, says Dave Meltzer. But he was, he was removed from all shows. His last show is June 19th until after Labor Day. That was the original story about 10 weeks. Then it changed up that he signed a new deal. He's going to be at TV. He's going to be working major stadium shows. And that was the follow-up to Dave Meltzer and Mike Johnson's report. Basically, Roman Reigns is not going to be on every pay-per-view. He's off the Chicago Hell in a Cell show. He will be doing pay-per-views this summer, even though he was removed from all the advertising after June 24th. He's been removed from all advertising on all house shows. 
TV and everything except for the two stadium shows. He will be doing TVs to build up these shows. It's not like he's not going to be on TV, and he's not going to be doing a lot of dates from what I understand. The shows he will be on eventually, probably sooner rather than later, they'll start advertising him when it comes down to the wire. The dates will be known at that point. It's not like it's going to be like, oh, they're putting him on TV without any advertising. That's the basic situation. So what do we do now going into Hell in a Cell? I talked about this on Friday. If Reigns is not defending the championship, what is going to be the main event of Hell in a Cell? It could very well be Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, but nothing is really on the line there. There's nothing on the line there. You don't want to put a grudge match as the final match, even though it may be match of the night, and both of their last matches have absolutely killed it. You don't want to put Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins inside Hell in a Cell and have it be in the main event with nothing on the line. WWE has already advertised for Friday Night SmackDown this coming Friday a tag team unification match with the Usos and RK-Bro. That's what you think you're getting. Now, we very well may get that. I said this on Friday. We could get the match, and we could get a winner, and we can get a clear-cut outcome, and we could have new unified tag team champions. WWE can turn right around and do this same match inside Hell in a Cell on June 5th. But why would they do that on Friday Night SmackDown and change the championships then instead of doing it at the pay-per-view? Yes, it probably will get talked about a little bit more being that it's on Fox. Yes, WWE hasn't built up a proper pay-per-view or hyped up a pay-per-view with a major match in a very, very long time. They do it for WrestleMania. They did it with Lesnar and Reigns. But they typically do not give any effort at all to building up a major pay-per-view match. They'd rather give that match away for free on TV. So what I think is going to happen is I think we get this tag team match happening on Friday and there will be a fuck finish. We may get a unification match. We may get the ding, ding, ding and Mike Rome or whoever the fucking ring announcer is Samantha Irving. We may get the announcement. We, get, we, we may get the bell ringing. We may get the match, but we may not get a clear cut outcome. Sami Zayn could interfere. Roman Reigns could interfere. Someone can interfere. And we don't get a true outcome. We get a no contest. And it's not like WWE is afraid to do fucking DQs or countouts or no contests in in championship matches on television. They had three of them on Monday. Three DQs on Monday. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So please do not tell me that WWE is afraid of doing disqualifications. We may get a disqualification on Friday. And we may get this match happening again inside of Hell in a Cell. I mean, it's tailor-made for it. 
It's perfect the way that these two teams have been going at it. And the Usos are no strangers to take Team LNSLs. They had one of the best LNSL matches of all time with the New Day. So they may want to look to up that ante and do better with RK Bro. And Randy Orton is a veteran of LNSLs. This will be Matt Riddle's first LNSL. And he's no stranger to fighting in a cage either. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. So that's what I think is going to main event LNSL being that Roman Reigns is not on the show. So when is Roman Reigns' next title defense? When is Roman Reigns' next title defense? It was noted that Money in the Bank will be happening on July 2nd, 4th of July weekend, from Las Vegas inside Allegiant Stadium. It was also noted right now that the plan is not for Drew McIntyre to challenge Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank. So who is going to challenge Roman Reigns? And when is Drew McIntyre getting his title shot? Is WWE slow burning McIntyre and Reigns? This I have to see. So what do we do? We got two major stadium shows happening before we get to the Clash of the Cashel show in Cardiff, Wales. So who does Roman Reigns defend the title against? Do you see Allegiant Stadium being showcased with Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura? I know I don't. I don't see that at all. We may get that on SmackDown, if that. So what does Roman Reigns do? There are two names right now that I'd love to see go against Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. I say, I say we get Bobby Lashley because he's holding the WWE Championship, right? Roman Reigns is the WWE Champion. He should put both of those championships on the line against a Bobby Lashley That's something that I'd like to see in a one-on-one match. I think those two guys would kill it. And it's a major attraction match. What about Randy Orton? I could absolutely see Randy Orton and Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship for the Unified Championship. I could see that main eventing a SummerSlam show in Nashville, Tennessee. And it's something that... I'm becoming a little bit more interested in because Randy Orton is so incredibly fucking over. You got two challenges right there. Don't, do not limit Roman Reigns to wrestle Nakamura. Do not limit Roman Reigns to wrestle anybody on SmackDown. It's just not going to happen. You'd be sitting there for fucking days trying to figure out someone to wrestle Roman Reigns at SummerSlam and Money in the Bank. Let me tell you something. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. So what if we do Bobby Lashley and dip into the Monday Night Raw pool? What if we dip into the Monday Night Raw pool with Randy Orton? Maybe AJ Styles. Maybe Edge. It could be anybody. So why don't we do that? Then we get to Cardiff. Then we get to Clash of the Castle. Then we get Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns. And my God, if WWE isn't planning and scripting and writing Drew McIntyre to take at least one of those championships from Roman Reigns in Cardiff, Wales. I have no fucking idea what the fuck you're doing. I don't. That's going to be the place to do it. Drew McIntyre has been lobbying for a UK pay-per-view for years. He finally gets it. You're not going to put him in the main event? It makes all the sense in the world for Drew McIntyre to wrestle Roman Reigns in Cardiff, Wales. If WWE can get us there soundly and smoothly, I have to see this. I don't don't trust WWE at all. But that's the place to do it. 
I mean, it could happen at SummerSlam. I said this weeks ago, you could do Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Have him drop the title there and have McIntyre's first opponent be Gunther in Cardiff, Wales. What a fucking match that'll be. There's ways to do it. It's all on WWE if they want to do it at SummerSlam or Cardiff, Wales. But we may be looking at Roman Reigns dropping at least one of those championships to Drew McIntyre. In fact, it must be a thing that they do. It has to be. The other title, I don't know. I don't know. Cody Rhodes wins money in the bank. He could challenge for any championship he wants. Cody Rhodes could challenge Roman Reigns with the WWE Championship on the line. And Cody Rhodes could be the savior of Monday Night Raw when he beats Roman Reigns at whichever pay-per-view WWE wants to do that. They may save that for a Saudi show, for all I know. WWE gives the title back to Cody, and Cody is the one to take that title back to Monday Night Raw. Cody Rhodes, if you guys want to know, is my pick to win Money in the Bank. I think that's great. And it's not like Cody Rhodes needs to sneak on a cash-in or cash-in like a heel would do. Cody's going to challenge straight up man-to-man Roman Reigns, and he's going to beat Roman Reigns for the championship. That's just going to add to the aura and the overall feel of the Cody Rhodes storyline, doing it for his father and winning that championship that his father never won. There are ways to go about this. WWE is looking at a terrible situation on SmackDown, but it doesn't have to be terrible. Roman Reigns has opponents lined up. It's all on WWE if they want to do it or not, and then get us to McIntyre and Cardiff. Sounds simple to me. I don't know why anybody is having a problem with this, WWE especially. There should be nobody having a problem with it. I just, I just booked your entire fucking pay-per-view calendar as far as the main event goes for the next three months. It's not that big of a deal. It's very easy to figure out. But this I have to say. I'm looking for WWE to fuck up at some point between now and Clash at the Castle. Cesaro. Where is Claudio, man? WWE star, or former WWE star, I should say, Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, is one of the biggest names available right now on the free agent market, but as of yet, there's no indication of what his plans will be. The latest on him is that several wrestling promoters are interested in booking him, but what he is asking for is said to be significant. In some cases, promoters have not heard back from Claudio. There's got to be a reason why. I don't know. It could be just a money thing. Or it could be that he's got a place that he's going to end up going, and that place doesn't want him going anywhere else until he debuts at that certain place. Cesaro left WWE in February after both sides were unable to reach a new deal. The door is open for him to return, obviously, but it seems as if he would be uh, pretty much better off elsewhere because WWE did nothing with him, and they'd have to raise their price if they want to bring Cesaro back. And the reason why he walked is because they lowballed his offer. Since there was no non-compete, WWE has a 90-day non-compete. He can go anywhere because he didn't have one. He's free to sign with anybody and has been since late February. Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful first reported about promoters trying to book him and some not hearing back from him. The report also noted that Cesaro and his price, he's pretty much priced himself out of some bookings and he has an agent representing him. 
The asking price is very high, and this is a common thing amongst wrestlers who want to pick and choose a few select bookings, and oftentimes this happens with wrestlers who are financially stable. Bray Wyatt is an example of this, and given that Cesaro had been with WWE for 11 years, and he's not known to throw away his money, he is likely in the same spot as Wyatt, and he may not need to go work anywhere right now. Cesaro recently teased on Twitter that fans will see him soon. As previously noted, he's registered for the Cesaro, C-S-R-O trademark, and he recently sent out the following tweet that simply reads, soon. It's no secret that Tony Khan is a huge fan of Claudio. Dating back to his days in Ring of Honor, so it's possible that we may see him at, at, at any time show up on Dynamite or even in Ring of Honor. You know, I said this, and this was my hunch, that Cesaro may be pricing himself out of the market right now for signings and for working these low-budget shows. He may think of those things as a little bit beneath him, which is perfectly okay. Or he may have an offer or two on the table to do something, and that place that has offered him a deal or two doesn't want him going anywhere else to A, risk injury, and B, ruin the surprise of having his first appearance from a WWE standpoint. After all these years, 10 years, you don't want his first appearance to be on some fucking MLW show or some fucking rinky-dink indie show. You want that to be a big deal. Promoter like Tony Khan is known to be doing that even with the current talent right now on AEW's roster. I read that he doesn't even want Brian Danielson wrestling for a promotion since they're based in a city and state that AEW has not had TV in yet, and he wants Brian's first appearance in that state and city to be with AEW. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that at all. He may be doing the same for Cesaro. We may see Cesaro this Wednesday on Dynamite as the Joker in the Owen Cup for his match against Samoa Joe. Who knows? Who knows? So we will see what happens with Cesaro. And I know he's a big espresso guy. He's a big coffee guy. He got that name, that trademark down, right? I'm looking to buy some of his fucking coffee, man. Who is going to be drinking Cesaro's coffee? I know I will. I know I will. So I'm looking forward to whatever he's doing as far as merchandise and wherever he goes. And listen, man, he's got got that that lore and that history in Ring of Honor. Sounds like it's a perfect fucking match made in heaven right there in Ring of Honor. Can you imagine Cesaro Claudio in Ring of Honor? Who's to say Ring of Honor is not looking for a TV deal? Who's to say Ring of Honor isn't going to hold a show? SummerSlam weekend. I said this when I did Supercard of Honor. Every major WWE pay-per-view or AEW pay-per-view, whichever you want to do, there should be a Ring of Honor attachment to it. They did it WrestleMania weekend, so why not do it SummerSlam weekend? Why why not do it Survivor Series weekend? Why not do it Royal Rumble weekend? Either that, or you do the the weekend of an AEW pay-per-view where it happens on Sunday, and then the Ring of Honor show happens on a Saturday, like a takeover used to do. That's what Tony Khan really needs to sit there and think about. We may very well see Ring of Honor SummerSlam weekend. Who knows? We may see Cesaro part of Ring of Honor. Who knows? That's the best course of action for Ring of Honor. But we will see what happens with Cesaro. I'm very interested to see where his services will be utilized. 
We may be getting another WWE star headed to AEW. It was noted in the Observer Newsletter this week that the belief amongst people in NXT's locker room is that Malcolm Bivens didn't sign a new contract with WWE because he had aspirations of going to AEW. I'm not surprised by that at all. Now, this obviously hasn't been confirmed. And if you saw Malcolm Bivens or Stokely Hathaway on Twitter, he has a little comedy gig that he does. And he says that he wanted to be out of the wrestling business to focus on other projects. He even turned down the rumors of him going to the main roster and managing Omos. He said that was not the case at all. And nobody ever came to him with the creative plan for him to go to Monday Night Raw and manage Omos. Now, again, this has not been confirmed by anybody, but that is what the people in NXT think and might explain why he initially declined to sign a new deal last year. He was convinced to sign an extension last year, but declined to sign a new deal this past February. His deal would have expired next year. Now, Bivens recently addressed these rumors, like I said, during a stand-up comedy act and said that the rumors about being offered a contract in February are true, and he did decline to re-sign but he was never offered to manage Omas. He said there was talk about him moving to the main roster, but he didn't want to stay with the company because he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy with NXT. If Stokely Hathaway was on NXT, if Triple H was still in charge, he would have absolutely signed a contract extension, no question about it. And he had conversations with the head writer at Stand and Deliver about his unhappiness. As for Dakota Kai, you guys are probably wondering about Dakota Kai. Uh, she may be going to AEW. She's already trademarked her new name as King Kai. I don't know if that means that is going to be her new name or a nickname. I don't know. But there are people in the company right now that are urging AEW management to not only sign Dakota Kai, but Candice LeRae as well. And we may be looking at the new best women's division in all pro wrestling if AEW picks up those two ladies via free agency. I said Stokely Hathaway would be perfect to manage Jade Cargill. He would be perfect representation for Jade Cargill's baddie group. Simple. Absolutely simple. She still needs a mouthpiece. She may not need one this time next year, but Red Velvet and Kiara Hogan. It's only going to enhance the group when you have somebody who has presence like he does and has a great mouthpiece as he does, and I think that would fit in perfectly. So we'll see what happens with him, but people in NXT think that he may be over there uh, sooner rather than later. Trish Stratus, she says that she feels that quote-unquote spark to return to a WWE ring. I've seen, this, uh, I've seen this story floating around, and I said to myself, why, why, why? All WWE needs to do is get a whiff of Trish Stratus wanting to come back or even contemplating coming back and WWE will have her in a fucking match with Becky Lynch before all is said and done. I don't want to see it. Bringing someone in like that is going to be a hindrance for the division and you're always going to cater to those people first while not acknowledging and moving away from the people that you really do need to push, whether it's on Friday or on Monday. So Trish Stratus revealed that a match from earlier this year gave her the buzz 
to make a WWE return. Stratus hosted a pre-WrestleMania 38 uh, Toronto house show, notably confronting Becky Lynch at the event. Just weeks earlier, Stratus' former rival, Lita, returned to the Elimination Chamber in February to face Becky Lynch for the Monday Night Raw Women's Championship. This was just right before Lynch dropped the title to Bianca Belair at WrestleMania. She was speaking in a Q&A session recently, and Stratus argued that you generally don't know what you'll feel like in a match until you step into the ring in front of a live audience, regardless of how much you've practiced. Revealing that Lita's return did inspire her, Trish said this, and I quote, To be honest, watching Becky Lynch versus Lita made Trish get the buzz to return. I was lucky. A couple of weeks later, the live event was just so much fun because it was just after that, and I got a chance to go back, and it was in Toronto and in another town near me at home. So I just drove in, took my kids, and yeah, you get there, you feel the energy of the crowd, you do some promos, you do some slapping, and it's just like, oh, it's such a good time. I love it. It'll always be in my blood. I did a post and it said, I'll never not feel at home between those ropes, right? So it's in me forever. The cool thing is sometimes we go back and you're like, oh my God, can I do this? Like it's been a while. And the last time, the first time I went back after many years was to wrestle Charlotte in a singles match at SummerSlam. It had been 11 years and two children later. So I was like, yeah, I don't know. And you don't know until you actually have the match. You can practice and you can roll around in the ring, but you don't know until you actually get in there and the bell rings. I mean, I nailed it. It would be something I would use to describe it. I'm being sarcastic. I don't know. I I did, though. But it was like, it's just kind of cool that wrestling is like riding a bike for us wrestlers. That's what I've discovered. It's kind of cool. I mean, maybe you move slower as you age, But some of us don't. Stratus last wrestled at SummerSlam in 2019, losing to Charlotte Flair in singles action. Very overrated match. I thought it was all right, but, I mean, let's be real. It was something that they just put in front of Charlotte to pad her statistics and pad her resume and nothing more. The former women's champion returned to the ring in the 2018 Royal Rumble, had competed in tag team matches at Evolution that year as well, and on two episodes of Raw in 18 and 19, respectively, ahead of her match with Flair. Stratus has revealed that outside the ring, there is a role in WWE that she'd gladly accept. What that is, I don't know. I'm assuming it has to be something along the lines of helping mold the women's division. I don't want to see it. I don't. I don't want to see Lita. It's good in spurts, but not a full-fledged return. I don't know why she would be back and why we would get these dream matches just because... I mean, there's other problems right now that exist in the women's division. You don't need Trish Stratus coming on in and taking a spot away from somebody that should be in that role against a Becky, against a Sasha, against a Charlotte, against a Bailey, against a Ronda. Why do we have to call upon Trish Stratus? This is WWE getting their fucking palms itchy, man. Oh my God, Trish Stratus wants to come back? Let's give her a call. Let's push somebody else down the corporate ladder that we don't push that we desperately do need to push that we won't push anyway i hate it it really really sucks so i'm against a trish stratus comeback or any match with trish stratus from here from here on out because it's it's something that the casuals will gravitate to to me 
I look at the bigger picture, I look at the bigger problems, and something like that is only going to stall WWE from fixing their current issues. Vince Russo. Pretty sure you guys didn't expect me to mention Vince Russo on the show. Listen, bro. I can book WWE, bro. Who watches Monday Night Raw, bro? Vince Russo. WWE has a lot of opportunities within the company, but there will always be those who wish to put forth this ideal or a a collection of ideas that they are far more connected than they really are. Now we must address Vince Russo. Vince Russo recently said that he did not ask WWE for a job, but there were other online reports saying that Vince Russo continues to beg for a job, bro, within WWE, bro. Finn Balor, bro. How can they do this to the demon, bro? Finn Balor. So Vince Russo made a bold claim, a very bold claim on his podcast about working with WWE. He said a couple of months ago, I was offering my help as a consultant to WWE. He says, I didn't want to get hired. I didn't want to get hired by WWE. I'm never going to work in that environment again. But I was like, bro, your show sucks, bro. Seriously, are you watching? It was that conversation all over again. Now, who he spoke to, I don't know. Did he speak to Vince McMahon? Did he speak to uh, Johnny Laurinaitis? Who did he speak to? Did he speak to Bruce? Did he speak to Kevin? <laughs> Did he speak to any one of them? I don't know. He may have spoke to one of the, the big uh, head creative writers for all we know. We don't know who he spoke to. Russo then went on to allege that Vince McMahon, okay, I guess it's Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon wanted him to watch Raw for a couple of weeks and give his feedback. I'm like, bro, I'll be happy to do that. I ain't doing that for free. Your product sucks, bro. But I'm willing to help you, bro. I'm not going to jump through hoops to help you, bro. If you want to pay me to critique the show, bro, for the next couple of months, I'll be happy to do that, bro. But I certainly was not going to do that for free because the product is terrible, bro. I was just looking to help the guy because the product is horrible, bro. Ringside News asked around about this particular story. And Vince Russo claims that he was going to be a consultant And Ringside News said that they were told that Vince McMahon didn't want Russo to watch anything, let alone be a consultant. In fact, a tenured member of the team told us here at Ringside News exactly what is going on with Russo and WWE. It seems to be 100% a one-sided situation. Russo has tried many different ways to get back within the WWE. He's called the networks as former head writer, WWE and WCW, and tried to get the networks to hire him as a consultant or get the networks to pressure WWE to hire him. He's called anyone he knows in WWE to get back in. He tries to position it to the public that he would never work there again, but he's begging for a job every day until he gets what he thinks hired. End quote. Bro, my ideas can bring you back to the Attitude Era, bro. 
You haven't built new stars like we did since Steve Austin, bro, and The Undertaker, bro, and Mick Foley and Triple H, Bret Hart, bro. Give me a break. I will say this. I will say this. And you guys may think I'm fucking crazy for saying this. If WWE wanted to bring Russo in, bring him in. Bring him in. I would I would rather see what Vince Russo, bro, can do. Writing Monday Night Raw or Friday Night SmackDown. Because quite honestly, guys, I don't know how much worse it could possibly get. How much worse could it be with Russo writing the show now? There are things that he can't do because of the Attitude Era being the way that it was and the way we live in this cancel culture society and everybody's fucking triggered by the most littlest of things. Vince Russo can't go and do that type of shit, but if he's got a fucking brain for the actual product and he knows who this is and that is and knows what the product needs and would want to fix it somehow, how much worse can it be? How much worse can it be? Give him a trial run. They won't do that, though. Bruce Pritchard probably hates the motherfucker. They wouldn't do that. I know, I'd give him a shot. Why not? MJF. We're going to talk about MJF in just a second, guys. We got all of this news on MJF coming up in just a second. want to check the chat, man. We got 1,600 people in here on your Sunday nights. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this Off the Script episode 430. Right here on the podcast, man. You guys are awesome. I love each and every one of you. Make sure you guys go and hit that thumbs up, man. We got 759 likes in the live stream chat. We need a minimum of 1,000 right now. That's the goal for you guys, man. That is your job. That is your job tonight. Hit that thumbs up. It's free. It helps me out. helps the video out. Pushes the video towards the recommended section. A lot of good things happen when you hit that thumbs up, man. Also, get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. We are going to answer all of your questions at the end and hang out with our cold beverages also hit that join button man become a vip right here on off the scripts you guys get access to those emotes and you guys get those custom badges next to your name so make sure you guys hit that join button become a vip sit right back there with me on off the scripts mjf MJF, man. You guys saw an ad, huh? People watching live on YouTube, you saw an ad? That's good. That means my YouTube channel is working, man. Great shit. You guys got to sit through an ad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. That may not, they may not be the only one that you got to sit through. Let's keep an eye out. MJF. MJF reportedly not happy with his AEW contract. Leaning towards signing with WWE. Uh Uh-oh. What does this mean, ladies and gentlemen? It doesn't seem things have improved between AEW and MJF following a recent story uh, about a month and a half ago, two months ago, that AEW president Tony Khan had a heated discussion with MJF last month. Khan was not happy about MJF doing a high-profile interview 
without telling AEWPR about it first. I believe this actually happened a month and a half ago, right before WrestleMania. So apparently MJF was interviewed with Ariel Hawani. Ariel Hawani was asking questions, was getting a little bit too, uh, I guess, too, uh, too out there with the line of questioning that he had brought to MJF's attention. And MJF kind of went off and did what MJF usually does. He likes to talk and he likes to maintain being in character. Apparently, Tony Khan did not like this. I didn't even believe that story when that happened. I mean, if AEW is sending MJF and Tony Khan is sending MJF to have a high-profile interview with Ariel Hawani and MJF is how he is and Tony Khan knows that exactly how he is, why would he why would he disapprove of whatever was on that interview when I'm sure Tony Khan probably asked a bunch of fucking questions about what the what the interview was going to be conducted about and what line of questioning Ariel Hawani was going to be shilling to MJF. That was a AEW approved interview. That was a Tony Khan approved interview. I didn't really think anything of it and I didn't think that there was a heat and argument at all and I just think MJF was beating MJF. Fightful is now reporting that there's no outward from frustration from Kong, Kong, but regarding the situation, MJF is reportedly not happy about his contract status, and Tony Khan, with the pay scale topic, it's not to MJF's liking. The report stated the situation left him soured on many things between he and Tony Khan. Reports say MJF is publicly talking about potentially going to WWE when his deal expires in 2024. This is not a secret. MJF being a free agent in 2024 is not a secret. This is not MJF being in character, says Fightful. This is not a troll. This is something that is heavily being considered. This is heavily being considered by MJF. There has been at least some progress in his future in AEW, and there have been open-ended mentions of him possibly getting an extension. However, those in AEW don't believe that MJF and Khan are as close as they were prior to this heated discussion. Sean Rossap wrote, and I quote, MJF is said to be leaning towards leaving AEW as of right now when his deal is up. Anything can change between now and 2024. It's unclear whether this is necessarily a renegotiation of his current deal or an extension after the fact. They have not been told he's 100% on leaving the company. It's been reported that WWE is very interested in signing MJF, MJF was recently on the Barstool Wrestling podcast and mentioned about being unhappy about the ex-WWE guys making more money than him in AEW. MJF also went on to say that Cody Rhodes offered his parents tickets to the WWE SmackDown show when they were on Long Island. MJF was, like I said, interviewed by Barstool Wrestling's podcast to talk about AEW WWE, Wardlow, and a bunch of other things. MJF was talking about FTR. 
I honestly think they're the best tag team of all time. I know to some that may be a bold statement. I think in 20 years when you people look back at all these great tag teams, body of work, the Dudleys, the Hardys, the Midnight Express, the Rockers, the Rock and Roll Express. When you think of all these great, incredible tag teams, I think you're going to have no choice but to bring up FTR. MJF talking about if he would want to wrestle Roman Reigns if he ever goes to WWE. I would imagine, I think me and him would have a tremendous match. I think it would be a friendly competition. I would also love to wrestle Seth Rollins. I would love to also wrestle The Miz. On Cody Rhodes. We still talk sometimes to this day. Cody Rhodes is a sweetheart. He texted my parents and offered them tickets for the Long Island show for SmackDown. They couldn't go. They were busy. But I mean, it was very sweet of him to do so. Have you seen his baby? What a cute baby. End quote. Now, I read that Cody Rhodes and MJF are very, very close. And they are incredibly great friends outside the ring. MJF is also, believe it or not, incredibly close to Bruce Pritchard. And whatever he said about Bruce, calling Bruce, hitting Bruce up during his promo with CM Punk and during their feud with CM Punk, he mentioned something about, maybe I'll hit up Bruce Pritchard and see what's going on. The fact that he threw that line in there, not only is he great friends with Cody, but he's very good friends with Bruce Pritchard because of Bruce Pritchard's involvement with MLW when Bruce Pritchard was working there, MJF was there, and they became close. So that is going to be a major factor as well. Whether, whether you or I love Bruce Pritchard or not, we fucking can't stand the guy over here. But that needs to be taken uh, a lot uh, as far as MJF thinking about where he wants to go and where he wants to you know, go and move on to the next phase of his career. Do I believe this report? I don't believe it at this point. I'm not here to worry about 2024. That's my, that's my answer for this. I don't give a shit what happens in 2024. It's 2022, and we have two more years before we get to MJX, uh, MJF and his contract situation. I'm not here to talk about his end of contract with AEW. I'm here to talk about, and he's 25 years old. He'll be 27 by the time his contract's up. Not even 30 yet. Not even, not even far, the tip of the iceberg as far as his career goes. MJF will be a world champion in AEW. Whether it happens this year, most indubitably, it's going to happen next year. MJF will be the AEW world champion by 2023. He will be beating CM Punk for that world championship. It is the right story to tell. It is the right story to tell if you are MJF, if you are Tony Khan, if you are AEW. He's going to hold that championship for a very long time where we've only had Jericho, Moxley, Omega, Page, four, four AEW world champions in three years. CM Punk's going to be the fifth. MJF is going to be the sixth. He's going to hold that title longer than Kenny Omega held it. He is going to be the longest reigning AEW world champion of all time. That's what we should be focusing on. He can sit there and talk about, oh, I'm going to be a free agent. It's going to be the biggest money war, the biggest bid in all of free agency in the history of pro wrestling. It may very well be. The guy absolutely deserves every fucking penny he thinks he's worth. 
And he will ask, and he will get whatever the fuck he wants. But CM Punk and MJF, that story is just ready to be told for match number three. But I have a question to ask you guys. Yes, I'm very, I'm very sure this is going to happen. I'm very sure that is going to happen. Whether he beats Punk or he beats Page, MJF is going to be the world champion. But I have to ask you guys one very important question. After all of that, after MJF wins the AEW World Championship, after he supposedly, maybe, possibly beats CM Punk, maybe he beats Adam Page instead, we don't really know yet. After he wins the AEW World Championship and goes on to hold that championship longer than anybody that's held it before him, by the time 2024 rolls around, is there anything else left for MJF to do? In AEW, you have to start asking yourselves as fans that question. MJF is certainly going to be asking himself that very question. Does he want to hold the championship on multiple occasions? You know, once is nice, twice is even sweeter, right? Does he want to go down as the longest reigning AEW champion of all time? Does he want to be the first person to hold that championship twice? There are not many things in AEW for MJF to accomplish if he wins the world championship. You're going to ask him to go take a a downgrade and go after the TNT championship? I don't think MJF's going to be interested in that. He's wrestled everybody from Cody to CM Punk. He's got this great thing going on with Wardlow. Who who knows who's going to wrestle MJF and who MJF is going to wrestle from the world championship reign when it begins to when it ends. We don't know. Darby, we could see another match with Darby. Maybe Darby's the one to take it from. I don't, I don't know. But you have to ask yourself as fans that question. Where is MJF going to go after he wins that AEW world title? There is nowhere else for him to go. So a WWE defection for MJF may absolutely happen in 2024. I don't believe it right now. I'm under the impression that MJF is happy and he's telling everybody he's unhappy because that's his thing, that's his shtick. But I don't know why anybody like MJF would be unhappy when this entire company has done nothing but bend over backwards to give you the absolute best. MJF has gotten the absolute best handed to him That's not a world championship program. He's continuously the best thing about AEW Dynamite. He's been in the best feuds on AEW Dynamite. He is AEW. You look at MJF and he is AEW. So why would he want to leave? Why would he want to leave? Money. Money. Money's a factor. But why would he want to leave? If you're going to include money... And you're going to include accolades at this point in his career. AEW champion by the time he's 27 holds that championship. You're talking about somebody who's not even in the prime of his fucking career yet. And you're telling him not to go to WWE. Why would he go and not go to WWE? Look at Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes may be the deciding factor about him going to the E. Not only are they great friends... But look at the way WWE has treated Cody Rhodes. Look at the presentation 
of Cody Rhodes. Everything from his wardrobe, everything to his promo, everything to his theme music and entrance and the way Cody was in AEW was basically lifted from AEW and put on a WWE program. Is Cody still Cody? Yes. Is Cody going to be better than he was in AEW? I don't know. That's up to WWE creative and I don't really trust them at all. But you have to give them credit at this point. They've done an excellent job with Cody Rhodes. Treating him and not taking anything and changing it to fit the E. You got Cody on Dynamite? That's the Cody you got on Raw. Raw always makes everybody seem a lot less than including Cody. It's just what Monday Night Raw does. It's not Cody's fault. It's the show's fault. It's the writing's fault. It's how they handle that show and whoever's in charge of that show, how they handle it. He was a lot cooler on Dynamite, but nothing is drastically changed at all about Cody Rhodes. MJF is looking at that. He's looking at that. And WWE is wise to not change Cody Rhodes because whoever they are interested in on the other side, MJF notably, if MJF sees that Cody Rhodes is treated just as he was in AEW on WWE side of things, why would you ever think that MJF is not going to be thinking, well, if I go over there, I'm going to be treated the same way. Why would he be treated any less? Now, I understand it's a lot different to see AEW MJF and WWE MJF. I mean, look at the way he cuts a promo. I can never envision WWE allowing MJF to say a tenth of the shit he says on WWE television. But if they want MJF, if Fox or NBCU wants MJF and they want WWE to spend money on somebody like that who's not even in the prime of his fucking career yet... You cannot go and change him and make him into what you want. You're paying for the MJF product. You're paying for what you're getting on AEW TV. You're paying for him. So why would you take him and what he's worked at and perfected and right now one of the best things in all pro wrestling, why would you take that and change it because it doesn't fit the WWE mold? Let me tell you something. WWE needs somebody like MJF because everybody is so fucking cookie cutter and goddamn fucking vanilla. They are soft. If MJF comes over and he's MJF on WWE TV, you're all in for a fucking rude awakening, man. My God, does that show need somebody like him? And again, I said this about Cody Rhodes. I said this about Cody. Cody is not making the show better. But if Cody gives me Five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes that I actually like watching on Monday night. It was money well worth spent for Bruce and Vince. Do I see MJF leaving right now? No, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair of the fans to be talking about this. And I honestly think it's unfair of MJF to be bringing this shit up. He's only doing it because he's a fucking prick. He's a heel. And I appreciate that. I love that about him. But I think it's unfair of him and I think it's unfair of the fans to talk about MJF in this manner because this is going to be your next AEW World Championship. This is going to be your, this is going to be your AEW World Champion. He will be the next AEW World Champion. Whether you want to believe me when I say that or not, he will be beating Paige or Punk. Depending on who comes out the victor in that match, he is going to have next. 
Before this man's contract is up, he will be AEW world champion. It is very easy, very easy to sit there and think that MJF is not going anywhere. And you may be right. Jesse thinks that he's not going anywhere. I don't think he's going anywhere right now. There's no reason for us to believe he's going anywhere. Why would Tony Khan? Listen, it's not going to come down to money. Money's not going to be the only thing. Tony Khan is going to offer anything to keep MJF. Whatever WWE offers MJF, Tony Khan is going to match it and go above and beyond every single time. He is not letting WWE outbid him on MJF. He's not. I just, I physically can't see that. It's going to be something that's going to cost both sides a hell of a lot of money. But it's always in these contract talks, money or creative, cash or creative. That's what Jim Ross says. It's either cash, the two C's, one of the two C's. It's either cash or creative. It's not going to come down to money here. MJF is going to make bank from Vince or from Tony Khan. What is going to be the deciding factor is what does MJF look at when he looks at his career? What does he want to accomplish? I don't know. I think it's pretty easy to say the man wants to be the greatest of all time. Can't be the greatest of all time in a promotion with all that you've already accomplished and will accomplish over the next five years. You're just holding yourself back at that point. MJF and the possibility of him going to the WWE to create his legacy and be the greatest of all time and be the modern day Ric Flair. Everybody wants to reference Ric Flair when they talk about MJF. I don't even want to disrespect him by that. He's going to be greater than Ric Flair by the time his career is over. That's what he is capable of. He will be going to WWE and he will be in the E, whether you, me, or anybody else likes it or not. And you know what? It's going to be a great thing. If WWE has nailed Cody Rhodes for the first month and a half so far on WWE TV, what makes you think that they will change anything about MJF? They cannot afford to. That means Wardlow, Jake Cargill, Ethan Page, they're all interested in these people. WWE has made it known that they're interested in these. What about Darby Allen coming on over? Whatever it is to weaken AEW, WWE will do anything, anything to weaken AEW. And if it means taking MJF and they have to force MJF on WWE TV in the same manner that he appears on AEW Dynamite, they will. It's going to be a creative thing for MJF. It will not be a cash thing. SmackDown. I do not have the ratings for SmackDown. I do not have the results for SmackDown because I couldn't bear to even look at it. I could not look at it again. The ratings for SmackDown from May 6th are in. 1.998 million viewers on Fox. That was up from the 1.953 a week ago. 18 to 49 demo did a 0.46. This is up from a 0.38. This was the lowest key demo ever on Fox just one week ago. They were up this week, and this was the go-home show for the WrestleMania Backlash pay-per-view. People are still using the NBA playoffs. People are still using ESPN as an excuse. Uh, the NBA playoffs on ESPN, I should say, as an excuse for why the ratings are so low on Friday night and Monday night. I'm not using that as an excuse because WWE, they are uh, not someone that deserves 
to use that excuse. They don't deserve to have it off or get off that easy. NBA playoffs have been happening for how many years? How many fucking years? Why don't you look at this year's numbers compared to last year and the year before that and the year before that and see how many people they fucking lost during the NBA playoffs happening on TNT, TBS, ESPN, ABC, and and wherever else they're fucking airing the NBA playoffs. Same thing with Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is on every single year. It's been around since the 1950s. I'm not using Monday Night Football for Monday Night Raw as an excuse any further. Just look look at the year over year. Look at last year's Monday Night Raw for Monday Night Football. And then look at 2011, 2012, 2013. And you'll see the year over year decline of WWE on Monday night. Where did all those people go? It's not Monday Night Football. Charlotte Flair. Backstage news on why Charlotte Flair was written off WWE TV at Backlash. Talked about this on... Friday night SmackDown on the post show briefly. It was later noted that Flair in the show on Backlash Sunday after her match with Ronda Rousey later noted after her match with Rousey that she had broken her arm. She had a fractured radius is what they called it. This is a storyline reason to ride her off TV. Brian Alvarez noted during his Backlash recap with Vinny on the Brian and Vinny show that Flair is getting married And it appears that she is being written off so she could have some time off. Alvarez said they claim that her radius is broken. I'm pretty sure that this whole thing was a way to write Charlotte Flair off of TV for quite a while. So Ronda won the title and Charlotte's going to get married. Alvarez joked that the way WWE does things, Charlotte could still show up on TV this week. But this is likely it for her for a while. WWE also confirmed this week on the bump that Flair is out of action indefinitely and it's not exactly unclear or it's not really clear how long she will be gone from television i don't really give a shit i'm glad charlotte's off tv flair recently revealed to uh, bt sports ariel hawani that her wedding is set for the summer as she is engaged to andrade el idolo and they are getting married in the next month or so charlotte being off tv is a great thing Charlotte being off TV is a great thing because everything that Charlotte does just reeks of unimportant. She's overrated. She had one of the worst women's feud of the entire decade with Ronda Rousey. And Ronda Rousey is now the SmackDown Women's Champion and the division legitimately has no opponents lined up for Ronda on Friday night. They threw Raquel Gonzalez at her and you got the shills and the drones and all the fucking casuals saying that Raquel Gonzalez looked good against Ronda Rousey. She lost. She lost. Smiled and then lost. And then lost and smiled some more. I'm sorry. I don't see how that was good. Ronda Rousey is more than likely waiting for Bailey to come back because if Charlotte's going to be out, Bailey is the only one that right now could go toe to toe with Ronda and make it legitimate. But outside that, Shotzi, they moved Lacey Evans to Monday Night Raw, which we'll talk about in a second. They got Zia Lee, who pretty much is now banished to catering for indefinite reasons. We got uh, Aliyah. We got Zelina. We got Carmella. We got nobody on that show. Sasha Banks is tied up with Naomi, Natalia, Shayna Baszler. None of these women, Baszler could, but WWE won't go that route. WWE has no competition for Ronda Drowsy. Sucks over there, man. 
And Charlotte makes it no better. In fact, when she's off TV, it actually makes my watching experience and my viewing experience more pleasurable. You may, you may not think the same way, but uh, I think she's incredibly overrated and no amount of time is going to make me miss her. Keep her off TV forever. WWE's plan for RK-Bro and the Usos. What is going on here? On Monday's Raw, Orton and Riddle cut a promo about, the, about how they still want to unify the tag team title. So they showed up on Friday. We got the match me. The match is now taking place next Friday on SmackDown. Dave Meltzer noted on the latest Wrestling Observer Radio that WWE plans on still doing the match. But he said then on Monday that they do not plan to unify the titles. Why would Meltzer say that? This is what I was told on this. They are going to do the match, but as of right now, and this could change, and it did, they are not planning on actually unifying the titles, which actually still may be the case. I don't think that they're unifying the titles on Friday. So he may be right partially. I do not think that we're unifying the titles on Friday. They are planning on doing the match, so I don't know if that means another run-in, DQ, count-out, whatever you may call it. They can always change their mind, but right now, they are planning on doing the match. I'm presuming it's going to be at the next pay-per-view. That, I don't know for sure. But if WWE was planning on doing the match, why would the match happen if nothing was going to be on the line? Why would you do the match if no stakes were attached to said match? So clearly, WWE more than likely was planning on doing the match without unifying the titles, and then they said, well, Roman Reigns is out, and we have no fucking choice, so now let's unify the titles. This may have been a Hail Mary decision by WWE because Roman Reigns is now going to be missing Hell in a Cell, and they can't have a pay-per-view without any championships on the line. So they decided to put the unified titles on the line, and it will be inside of Hell in a Cell. That is my prediction. We may be getting the match on Friday, but... That doesn't mean WWE is going to unify the titles on Friday. We may get the match, and we may get a fuck finish. And we're more than likely getting this match inside hell in a cell. Lacey Evans. My God, the the, the, the thought of her name and the thought of her voice and these fucking promos and these crocodile tears, man, already making me fucking shiver with cringe. Oh, my goodness. Lacey Evans is now a part of the Monday Night Raw brand after making a return to WWE TV several weeks ago. On Monday's episode of Raw, the company aired an abbreviated version of the five-part series that aired on SmackDown. After the video aired, Corey Graves said Evans' story may be sensational, but everything she said was true. Just last week on SmackDown, Evans talked in a video about how this is her time and she plans on eventually winning the SmackDown Women's Championship while berating her drunken alcoholic father. Five parts we had to talk about how her father was abusive and how she did this and that and drugs and alcohol and all this other shit. Then she comes out on Friday night after part five. She tells people to stand up and and show respect to Lacey Evans. I'm sorry, what, why? But, but you were supposed to be a babyface. I'll show you fucking respect because I appreciated the fucking five-part series that you did. You're asking people to show appreciation for something that should already have been shown appreciation. To me, you're just asking for trouble at that point. So now they moved her to Monday Night Raw. She wants to be the SmackDown Women's Champion, but then they moved her to Monday Night Raw. I guess that wasn't in the fucking plans as of Friday, live on Friday Night SmackDown. They moved her to Monday Night Raw 
over the weekend, that weekend. Now we have to see her on Monday night. Why did they move her to Monday Night Raw? I have no fucking clue. What makes her better on Monday than she is going to be on Friday? So now there's speculation that WWE wanted to turn her heel. Because Samantha Irving, like I said, stated that fans have seen the true Lacey Evans and we need to show up and show proper respect and stand up and show proper respect and that they should applaud her and welcome her. Oh, you're asking for trouble there, Bruce. You're asking for big time trouble there. However, the Raw segment made her look like a babyface. I don't know what the fuck is going on. This has already hit rock bottom already. I can't stand any of this shit. PW Insider reported today that WWE is officially moved Evans to the Raw roster, and despite the videos making her out to be babyface, WWE's plan is to turn her heel. I guess Bianca needs some opponents, huh? There you go, folks. Get ready for a summer of Bianca and Lacey Evans on Monday Night Raw. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. I can't wait. I can't wait. Lacey Evans, right? I can't wait. This is going to be a fucking nightmare, man, where we're expecting Oscar to come back and maybe Bailey come back and maybe we get a rematch with Becky Lynch, right? Fucking Frodo Baggins over there. Gollum over there. Like, my precious. Yeah, Becky Lynch, right? We're going to get Lacey fucking Evans. It's going to be great, man. It's going to be great. I can't wait. You guys think the women's division is bad now, right? What about Rhea Ripley? Can't do Rhea and Bianca, right? You got to do Lacey Evans and Bianca, right? I, I can't wait. It's going to be fucking great, man. I'm fucking so ecstatic right now, man. I can't stop smiling. Fucking ridiculous. AEW Dynamite. Tony Nese defeated Denhausen. One minute. They set up Hookhausen versus Mark Sterling and Tony Nese at the buy-in of Double or Nothing. Jericho Appreciation Society had a victory speech. They got beat down by Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and then were confronted by the Blackpool Combat Club. We may be getting some blood and guts, ladies and gentlemen. MJF versus Wardlow contract signing and stipulation revealed. That was great. That was some great fucking television right there, man. MJF is a hometown hero on Long Island. CM Punk defeated John Silver, who is from Long Island. Ricky Starks defeated Jungle Boy. This was an FTW title match. Tony Storm advanced over Jamie Hayter in the Owen Cup. Adam Cole advanced over Dax Harwood, which was a great match in the Owen Cup. First round match for both of those. And then Jeff Hardy defeated Darby Allen in a first round Owen Hart Cup match. Went 10 minutes, but my God, man, they turned it into a demolition derby. It was crazy. Darby Allen jumped off a fucking 20-foot ladder onto a bridge ladder or a bridge uh, chair setup outside off the 20-foot ladder, did a swanton bomb off the top of the ladder just like Jeff Hardy used to do back in the day. My goodness. They fucking killed each other out there, man. I wish the match would have went a little bit longer. I could see why they were only given 10 minutes, and I hope this is not the first meeting for these two. I do think that they will eventually meet with some more importance somewhere down the line. Rampage, 5-6-22 episode, the one that aired at 5-30 that Alfred over on uh, Forbes can't stop talking about, man. He's quick with those fucking, uh, he's quick with those Saturday uh, Fast Nationals, man. When AEW Rampage does bad, as if anybody gives a fuck about the Rampage ratings, Alfred. Go have your fucking plethora of cheese and salami plates, you fucking slob, Alfred. Talks about the 5 6 Rampage episode, 282,000 viewers. It's not on. 
at its normal time. 0.11 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. This was the show that aired at 5.30. Last week, the show did 464,000 and did a 0.14 rating in the 10 p.m. time slot. So everybody's jumping on Rampage. Oh, it needs to be canceled. It needs to be canceled. It needs to be off TV. Tony Khan should be embarrassed. AEW should be ashamed of themselves. But the show aired at 5.30. I mean, who's watching? You probably, most of you who have jobs are just coming home from work. You're not watching the show live. You're probably just getting home from work. It's Friday night. You're probably heading to the fucking bar, going to happy hour, right? You're probably meeting some fucking hot blonde in the office, and you're going on a rendezvous for the rest of the night, man. You're probably not watching Rampage. You could be like Alfred, who's probably living at home with his mother, eating cheese plates every night for dinner. He may be home for Rampage, but you're not home for Rampage because you have a life and Alfred doesn't. I know I watched it, but I didn't really give a shit about it. It was a nothing episode. It was a nothing episode. The West Coast, don't get me started on the West Coast, man. You, you guys out on the West Coast get Rampage at 2.30. What are you doing at 2.30? You're probably knee-deep in work at the office. Or if you're a fucking bum, you're probably lounging on the beach somewhere with a nice, truly hard seltzer. What are you doing at 2.30? You ain't watching fucking Rampage. You ain't watching AEW. Who gives a fuck about the ratings on Friday night? Meanwhile, meanwhile, SmackDown can't even break 2 million anymore. My God, man, you guys want to talk about Rampage being a bad show, man. SmackDown is fucking horrendous. It is abysmal. It's the worst show ever. Maybe the worst show on TV, period, SmackDown. And I used to say that about Raw. This is a day and age where we're talking about Raw being better than SmackDown, man. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? It's unbelievable. Dynamite, their ratings, they were up from last week. Charts number five on cable. Ratings for AW Dynamite did 840,000 viewers. This is up from the 833,000 viewers the show did one week ago. 0.33 in the rating for the 18 to 49 demo. This is up from a 0.32. Competition from the NBA playoffs and uh, all that is definitely affecting AW Dynamite. And last week was the lowest total viewership since May 19th. 2021, the key demo was the lowest since February 6th. Somebody I know was born on that day, man. I wonder who. I wonder who. Could he be the number one live podcast every Monday, every Wednesday, every Friday in the IWC, right? The one that everybody loves to hate, but they still fucking watch anyway. I wonder who that is, man. Sounds like a fucking asshole if you ask me. Dynamite ranked number five in the cable top 150 for Wednesday night, and that was uh, a number four rating. One week ago. AEW is returning to Arthur Ashe Stadium for AEW Grand Slam later this year. We talked about this on Wednesday with Jesse during the AEW Rampage post show. In a 30-minute time limit draw on that show last year, that fabled day, Brian Danielson and then heavyweight champion Kenny Omega had a fucking classic. The promotion had over 20,000 fans in attendance, the highest for a non-WWE event since the July 5th, 1999 episode of WCW Nitro where Bill Goldberg took the WCW world title from Hollywood Hogan in front of 40,000 fans on Monday night. Also, AEW did a Grand Slam edition of Rampage that same week. 
While speaking with News 12 Long Island, AEW President Tony Khan confirmed that AEW Grand Slam will be returning to Arthur Ashe Stadium later this year, but did not provide a date. He says, and I quote, yes, I expect we'll be back to have Grand Slam and Rampage back in Queens at Arthur Ashe Stadium. It was a huge success for everyone involved, and it's all thanks to this great partnership with the USTA. They were so kind, and I think it resulted in a big partnership. It was almost for the AEW side of things uh, and their history. The first million-dollar gate in AEW history just came shy of that, but it was really close. And, of course, we set that record now for AEW Double or Nothing in Las Vegas. And we will be back, and it will be another hopeful, big, huge success going back to Queens for AEW Dynamite Grand Slam and Rampage later this year in 2022. I can't wait. I love that show, man. I thought that was a great show. I thought the vibe and the energy in that building was fucking out of this world. Uh, I wish I was there to experience it, being that uh, I'm only like seven minutes away from the entire thing. But we need to have more like this every year, man. I love the yearly specials that go back to the place and have a special place for a set event. I love that. AEW has been so good with that, man. And I can't wait for Grand Slam. Grand Slam should be looked at as traditionally their, their clash of champions. That's what it should be. I thought the Battle of the Belts was going to be something along those lines. But clearly, those specials, those quarterly specials have been fucking bombs, man. They have shit the bed with those specials. This is what I'm looking forward to. This is something great. I love when you have a set show and a set city that that show emanates from i think it's fantastic man like i said aw's done such a fantastic job at that and i hope that we see more of that not only in aw but in all of pro wrestling nxt nxt results are in for tuesday toxic attraction defeat this was an all women's show by the way mostly largely women's show and then you'll see why with the ratings why it was a failure Toxic Attraction defeated Wendy Chu and Roxanne Perez to retain the NXT Women's Championships. Wow. Wait a minute, Roxanne Perez has been there for a fucking blueberry Danish and a cup of coffee, man. She's already getting a Women's Championship match and a Women's Tag Team Championship match. Wow, how things work out over in Tuesday Night Land, man. Holy shit. On NXT 2.0. Awful. Joe Gacy extended an invitation to Braun Breaker to join his movement. This Bray Wyatt wannabe shtick that he's doing is getting more and more worse every fucking week. And by the way, it was Braun Breaker. He said something about Braun Breaker being kidnapped and dropped in the woods somewhere. So our NXT world champion is now somewhere wandering in the fucking woods. Do we have anybody updating us on his status? Did he get eaten by a grizzly bear? Did he get bitten by a fucking rattlesnake? Did he fucking fall off a cliff somewhere into a ravine? Is he camped out by the side of the river, man? Fucking start, starting a fire by himself as he going all, all uh, fucking uh, wild nature on us. We'll be seeing Braun Breaker on the Discovery Channel. Where the fuck is he? Maybe somebody has crucified him in the woods and they're holding some satanic ritual with him, some witchcraft out there. I don't know. Maybe it'll be someone uh, that Zach Bagans goes and investigate for the next episode of Ghost Adventures. I don't know. Where the fuck is he? Joe Gacy says he dropped him in the woods. I'd like to know. Fallon Henley defeated Sloane Jacobs in a women's breakout tournament match. These tournament matches lasted about three minutes. Three minutes. That's all these women were worth. Alba Fire defeated Amari Miller. 
This was just this this match. I believe it or not, I watched the next day. Alba Fire and Amari Mera actually had a decent match. That was probably the best match on the entire night. The best match of the entire show. And I, if you look at Alba Fire, who is now Kay, who is who was Kaylee Wright. Alba Fire is Kaylee Wright. You look at Alba Fire, man. I like the presentation that they've done with Alba Fire. I thought they did a great job at reimagining Kaylee Wright. She 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 looks like the female version of fucking Negan, but it is what it is, man. WWE Bruce, listen, bro, you're about uh, four seasons too late with the fucking Negan throwback, man. Maybe you just got to get caught up on the entire walking dead. Negan is a baby face now, bro. Negan's no longer a heel. She beats Amari Miller. Saray and Andre Chase defeated Tiffany Stratton and Grayson Waller. I like the pairing of Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton. It's like a Barbie and Ken dynamic there. Maybe good for them. Nikita Lyons, man. I Listen, can you tell me what the fuck is so special about Nikita Lyons? Listen, anybody in here, man, what is so special about Nikita Lyons? I, I can't figure it out, man. I can't put my fucking finger on it, man. What is it? It's got to be her technical in-ring savvy, man. I, I mean, I got nothing else here. What could it possibly be? She's defeated Ariana Grace, who is the daughter of Santino Morella. She didn't look too bad, but... Very green out there. She looked very generic. Natalia and Cora Jade were the main events. <laughs> My God, man. NXT, you want to know what the rating was for this show, man? 550, 500, that's giving it, that's giving it more than it actually deserves. 533,000 live viewers. This was down from 661,000 viewers. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, please, please praise an all-women show, man, right? You guys, all these geeks want Evolution 2. Look at the fucking discrepancy in the ratings. You want a Revolution 2? This entire show was 90% fucking women's matches. You gotta be kidding me. Nobody wants to see an all-women show, and especially with NXT, green as grass. Green as grass, man. And yes, Nikita Lyons, I'm sure you guys I see in the chat. You know, she's going to be an incredible asset to the women's division. She may already be in some of your eyes. I don't know. NXT sucks. NXT is fucking shit, man. My God, there's a reason why I don't do it, man. We're not going to be here on Tuesday night, man. We're going to be playing WWE 2K22 live Tuesday, man. We're back at it. NXT 2.0, they actually have discussed returning to live event touring relatively soon. Now, WWE hasn't held an NXT house show since March of 2020. That was in the height of the pandemic. And that could be changing in the near future as the company is looking to take its developmental brand back on the road. Dave Meltzer noted on this week's Wrestling Observer Live that WWE talked about getting NXT back on tour with the idea that they would run small shows around Florida but won't be touring nationally as they've been before the pandemic and with the rebrand of NXT. This isn't the first time the company has considered going back on the road with NXT. Last June, it was reported that WWE wanted NXT to return to touring in July, but that did not happen. He says, and I quote, yeah, we've been talking about this for months and months and months and months, and obviously it's needed. In fact, there have been talks, and it's not official official, but they're probably going to start touring relatively soon. I heard that last year. There was a time when it was like, it's about to happen, and then they did not pull the trigger. 
It's back to the talking stage and serious talking. There's, like I said, nothing official, but the belief is that they will be touring. Meltzer stated that NXT is likely to draw a few hundred people for these shows as a way for younger wrestlers to get more in-ring time in front of the fans. It's just something that they need to do, and it looks like they'll be doing it soon. Often they'll say that, and sometimes things move very slowly there. Yes, what Meltzer said is exactly what my line of thinking was when I read this story. Get these women, get these men who don't really know anything. They don't really, they don't really gel with me or any of the audience right now. They, they know the basics of basics. Get them out there. Having work in front of a live audience is going to go a long way for these people. Work the, work the live audience. Get them in the ring. Get them more reps, reps daily. It is so, I, I could imagine it's so much different. I'm not a pro wrestler. I don't know, but I can imagine it's so much different than doing reps and the, and the same thing over and over again in training inside the performance center compared to what it is in the ring to have a full-fledged match playing to the crowd and showing off facial expressions and using your body language and selling and all this other shit. There's all a science that goes into it that you really can't get a full grasp of when you're working inside the performance center. If WWE was, oh, I, I swear to God, man, and I truly believe this, if WWE was working house shows already with NXT, half of the people that you see on TV right now may not be as bad as they are now. So if this works and they get it working, I would expect everybody that's on TV right now to be a little bit better and move along faster. Maybe the show won't be as bad. I mean, Bruce Pritchard's riding, and I mean, it's, it's going to be bad always. But maybe the talent won't be as fucking nauseating to watch as they are right now. So I'm all for this completely. NXT also is set with the next NXT In Your House special. The date for the NXT special on Peacock appears to be set, according to PW Insider, Saturday, June 4th. I will not be watching. Saturday, June 4th, I will be in Atlantic City at the Atlantic City 2022 Beer Fest with a large posse of people. I will not be considering uh, doing anything wrestling related on that day because I will probably be drunk by the hour of 5 p.m. I'm letting you guys know right now. Nobody gives a shit about NXT. The report noted that WWE is yet to make a decision on whether the event will be held at the Performance Center or in a different venue. WWE wants to take NXT on the road. They want to do NXT uh, as a standalone show, right? They want to do it uh, WrestleMania weekend, the SummerSlam weekend, a Clash of the Castle weekend. You want this special to be different, right? You want this special to be different. So why don't you work out a deal with Full Sail and do specials like this Inside Full Sail University. My God, do I miss Full Sail University, man. What a day and age it was for NXT inside Full Sail University. That's what I would do. I'm not putting this in an arena. I'm not moving this to a place outside Florida. I'm not doing it in the Performance Center. Just move it to Full Sail. Work out a deal with Full Sail. Get back in Full Sail. And with these quarterly specials that they want to do, do it in full sale instead of doing it in the performance center where it looks like every other fucking show. Make a big deal about it and make it look different. This is a change from what WWE originally was planning to do with uh, NXT, says Dave Meltzer. Uh, they wanted to hold the In Your House special uh, right, right before SummerSlam. That didn't happen. Then they moved it to July. That didn't happen. Now it's June 4th. WWE used to do the In Your House theme in 2020 and 2021. They, they were takeover specials. 
This will be the first Peacock special since April's Stand and Deliver in Dallas over WrestleMania 38 weekend, which marked the first NXT show to be held outside of Florida in two years. WWE has confirmed the first match for this in-your-house specialist. Cameron Grimes will defend his North American Championship against Carmelo Hayes. More than likely, he will be losing that title back to Carmelo Hayes. Next week on NXT, Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa will face Hayes and Trick Williams in a tag team match. As the storyline is, Sokoa wants the next title shot. Hayes and Williams attacked him until Grimes made the save. Oh, joy, oh, joy, man. Solo Sokoa has gotten very, very over in a very short amount of time. I would be shocked if Solo Sokoa is not the NXT North American champion before Carmelo Hayes. I don't really understand it. But if Carmelo Hayes wins it, he's certainly dropping it to Solo, and then Cameron Grimes can go and, I guess, get demoted to the main roster, and Cameron Grimes can be on the main roster, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. Carmelo Hayes could get promoted as well or demoted. But Solo Sokoa, man, he is over big time as a babyface, and the crowd really wants to see him win that North American title. I'd be shocked if that does not happen in NXT. Monday Night Raw. Asuka defeated Bianca Belair. They gave these women four fucking minutes. Four minutes they gave these women on Monday night in the main event. Cody Rhodes defeated Austin Theory. This was via DQ. Bianca Belair was uh, DQ'd as well. Asuka beat Bianca Belair by DQ. Cody Rhodes beat Austin Theory by DQ. Finn Balor defeated Damian Priest by DQ. You guys get my fucking drift about DQ. And I'm not, no, I'm not talking about Dairy Queen. Rhea Ripley defeated Liv Morgan. She gave a very lame reason as to why she joined Judgment Day. She said, oh, I got sick and tired of signing autographs at the airport. And then I turn around and I see those same autographs put on sale on eBay. No, Rhea, that's not the reason why you turned heel. That is not the fucking reason why you turned heel. My God, the verbiage and the fucking lines that they give these people on Monday night are horrendous. No, Rhea, that's not the fucking reason. RK Bro defeated the Street Profits, and you wonder why I want a merge of the tag team divisions. Sasha Banks and Naomi defeated Doe Drop and Nikki TR ASH. Champa defeated, or Champa, Champa defeated Mustafa Ali. Miz was the special guest referee there. Ali was brought back to simply be embarrassed, buried. And Virmahan, he defeated a local indie town, a local jobber, and that is getting boring as the weeks go on. Monday Night Raw rating. The rating saw an increase, says Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics. The episode drew an average of 1.652 million viewers on the USA Network. This is up from the 1.581 million viewers the show did last week. Oh, but the NBA playoffs were on, so I guess it's not the... Nobody talks about the NBA playoffs when it's up, right? That's a significant increase. 158 to a 165. What happened to the NBA playoff excuse? Monday Night Raw is right where they need to be. That's exactly what their median rating is, man. Fuck the NBA playoffs and that excuse, man. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves if you're using that for an excuse. The demo... 18 to 49 demo, 0.44. That was up from 0.38. Last week, the show did the lowest key demo rating since January 10th and the lowest viewership since December 27, 2021. Raw sucks. That show pissed me the fuck off on Monday, man. Three DQs and a main event match of Oscar and Bianca Belair that went on the air at 10.55. It's great. Real creative over there, Bruce. Real creative. You're doing a fucking fantastic job over there, bro. 
WWE has started teasing a heel turn for a top star. We may be seeing a split of RK Bro. What? JD, is this true? Looks like it. Looks like it. Last week on Raw, or this week, I should say, on Monday, RK Bro successfully defeated the Street Profits. Later in the match, as the match went on, Matt Riddle did a tumbling dive off the apron. He meant to hit Montez Ford, but Ford moved out of the way, and Riddle crashed onto Randy Orton. Corey Graves called it a rare miscommunication by RK Bro. That almost cost him the match. The miscommunication line is something that is always used ahead of a tag team splitting up on WWE television. Riddle won the match, and you guys are going to be paying attention to this now as far as the miscommunication word. Riddle won the match for his team by catching Ford with a super RKO and pinning him. Later that night, Orton and Riddle appeared on Raw Talk, and Orton said that they unexpectedly had to defend the tag team titles on Raw, but they did it and retained them. Orton seemingly joked about Riddle using his finishing move a lot lately. Orton said, you are hitting a couple of super RKOs in the last week or so. Bro, you're blowing my mind. I might have to go back and use the Bo Derek because you're stealing my thunder. They want to see me hit the RKO out of nowhere. Bro, I got 10 more years of this stuff. I got to keep that RKO mine. I mean, Randy Orton is not incorrect there. So that may be, ha, 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 they're bros, they're joking, ha, ha, ha. But this may be used as planting of the seeds right there. Seeds planted for RK, bro. This is the year. They're not not going to be tag team champions past this month. They're not. Hell in a cell, and that is it. And then after that, then we see the downfall of RK, bro. Then we get Matt Riddle, I hope, ascending the heights of WWE, and he's made into the next big star on Monday night. Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing here? What are we doing here? The plan has always been for Riddle and Orton to split up and start feuding against each other. The original plan was for Orton to turn on Riddle last year on their first night as a team, but Vince McMahon changed his mind. It may be one of the things that he changed his mind on that actually worked. It looks like that turn is finally happening, and it appears that Orton will be back to being a heel soon. I can't wait. I think Orton is so much... I don't mind the one as a babyface, but I enjoy him so much more as a heel. WWE may also be splitting up Ray and Dominic Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka. 619. Booyaka, booyaka. Ray and Dominic Mysterio may be a team no more. The father and son team have been big fan favorites. Where? I don't know. They've been off fucking TV for about three weeks now. Thanks to Veer Mahan. And booked as a tag team on Raw. Raw has... uh, been without the Mysterios for about three weeks, now four weeks. Ray has publicly stated that he never wants to do a father versus son storyline with Dominic. Last month, WWE did an injury angle where Veer attacked Dominic, who was seen being placed on a gurney before being taken away in an ambulance. This was done to write him off TV. Ray has also been absent from WWE TV for almost a month now because he's gotten more stem cell treatments for his injuries. Ray's going to be coming back, fucking moving around like 1999, Ray Mysterio, in just a couple of weeks. Dave Meltzer reported in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that there is at least talk of them not being put together going forward. Good. Good. Get Ray into the mid-card and move Dominic to NXT 2.0, and let's call it a fucking day, man. That should have been the plan from the word go. No reason why Dominic should be on the... Ray 
and Dominic are a non-entity on the show, man. They are one of the most boring acts together on the show. Ray is fun by himself. Dominic has gotten worse over the years going on. He's not progressed in any manner in which I look at him and see a future WWE superstar that's going to be around for a very long time. Someone that the company's going to build the fucking show around. Ray is fine by himself. Dominic needs to go back to NXT 2.0. He made one appearance on there, and it looked like he belonged more than any other time on the main roster. He wrestled, uh, who did he wrestle? He wrestled somebody. I forgot who the fuck he wrestled. Bobby Roode, maybe? I don't fucking know. He was on there, he wrestled somebody, and he looked great. Crowd loved him, he fit like a glove. Just move him to Tuesday nights and call it a fucking day, man, seriously. Dominic is lame. He's lame. Nothing about him that resonates at all with the fans. He's only Ray's son. Other than that, he's just boring. And finally, guys, before we get into the Super Chats, you guys are about to get last call at the bar. Last call, get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out in just a second. WWE is considering a fourth member of the Judgment Day faction with Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. The group is now a trio of these three, and though it seems like it won't be the end of the group adding members, because Edge says on Raw, and I quote, we're not done, we're not done. It was Cruz Del Toro. Thank you, Donzel, in the chat. Cruz Del Toro versus Dominic, and he looked fucking good. Edge mentioned on Raw that he's not done you know, recruiting members, and that was not an accident. PW Insider is noting that there has been internal discussions about adding a fourth member to the group. Before the group was formed, the names pitched were Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Tommaso Ciampa, with the first two now officially a part of the group. Ciampa would look to be the first choice to add to the ranks. WWE Hall of Famer Mick Foley has spoken highly of the group, saying that it could be a faction for the ages. If it's not Ciampa, it may end up being Ali. I think Ali would fit perfect in Judgment Day. I really do. I mean, they're burying him beyond recognition, and they buried him before he came back. So why not? Why not? I wouldn't mind Champa. I think that would be a great get for Edge and Judgment Day. I think Champa could use the fucking rub instead of being directionless on Raw. He's way too talented to feel directionless on Raw. But if WWE wants to put him in there, I'm not going to have any, any regrets about it or problems with it. I think Ali actually does deserve it a little bit more than Champa because he's been buried for far longer than Champa has because Champa's only been there for three weeks. So we'll see what happens. But it looks like we are getting a fourth member of Judgment Day when all is said and done. Guys, I appreciate you hanging out. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me on this Sunday night. Not Wednesday. Can't wait for Wednesday, man. Wednesday's Dynamite looks stacked. I can't wait. Monday Night Raw, on the other hand, I'll be live for Monday Night Raw tomorrow night. You guys know the deal. We'll be in the venue as always. Hanging out on Monday night. Venue's always rocking and rolling after Monday Night Raw, man. So I'll be live then. Brand new week of content coming up. Should be fun. Make sure you guys are subscribed. Hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications, man. We are nearing 133,000 subscribers on YouTube. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We need 10 likes for a thousand. That's all I need, man. 10 likes. Continue to get those super chats in. We're going to hang out in just a second. Also, go check out my sponsor for today's show, man. Honey. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. Thanks to Honey. Manually searching for coupon codes are a thing of the past. 
No more. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 online stores. They range from sites like tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Imagine you're shopping online at one of your favorite sites, man. When you go to check out, that Honey button will drop down and all you have to do when it asks is hit apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it finds for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon for that site, you're gonna watch the prices drop and you're gonna save a ton of money. My fur babies, man, my Bacardi and my Bailey. I'm always shopping for their favorite food, their favorite toys, right? I'm always shopping to keep them happy. I save a ton of money every month, man, using Honey because I want to get them the shit that they need to be happy and be healthy. Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And if you don't already have Honey, you're straight up missing out on savings. It's literally free. It installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're supporting me. So it's a great cause. I'd never recommend anything I don't use. So you guys can get Honey for free right now. Join Honey.com slash off the script. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring today's OTS 430. Let's hit the Super Chats, man. We're going to start at the top. We're going to start at the top here. We're going to start with Joseph Taylor. He's got a $2 super chat. JD, how about Kushida as the Joker? No. I do not want Kushida as the Joker, Joseph Taylor. Lance Lewis with a $5 super chat. MJF will beat Wardlow to keep him strong for the AW title. Wardlow will sign with Ring of Honor to piss him off. I can't see MJF losing two pay-per-views back-to-back. Lance, you may be right, but I can't see Wardlow in Ring of Honor, bro. Wardlow is AEW. I think you're going to ruin his momentum if you put him with Ring of Honor. Now, if Ring of Honor had solid TV and were shown weekly on television, that's a different story, but they don't. And you're not going to take Wardlow off of television. Derek Anawaii with a $5 super chat. I hope you like your new place, Oos. Thank you, Derek. It's a work in progress, brother. It's a work in progress, man. ECW Hardcore 07 with a $5 super chat. JD, you are the funniest person in the IWC. JD Dice Clay. Who are your favorite stand-up comedians? You just named them. Andrew Dice Clay is my favorite stand-up comedian, man. I also love old Dane Cook. I love Louis C.K. Those guys are uh, my go-to, man. All old school stuff by both guys. Especially Dice. I've seen Dice once in Vegas, man. Awesome show. Jarrett Hopfinger with a $5 super chat. Put the title on Cody Rhodes. He can take the reins and keep WWE relevant. Bruce and Vince are not good at long-term booking. Reigns proved it. You know, the beginning of Roman Reigns' Tribal Chief storyline when he was wrestling Jimmy Uso, or Jay Uso rather, and Jimmy Uso was out, and then Jimmy comes back, and, you know, he had that DUI going on. That was great storytelling. That was a great start to the Tribal Chief head of the table storyline. Now, I, ju- I just can't stand it because they got nobody. They got nobody, man. And it just feels repetitive right now. That's what it feels to me. It feels repetitive. Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. My first thought when you mentioned the rules for money in the bank changing is what happens to the Royal Rumble match? 
Whichever championship opportunities are taken away at Money in the Bank, the Royal Rumble is going to get the scraps, bro. That's the way it's going to work. I don't like it. Royal Rumble should not be used for scraps. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Think Roman will put others over before he leaves. No. The whole Roman Reigns Tribal Chief storyline is to build Roman Reigns up as the greatest of all time. WWE will not jeopardize that in any way. Ghost with a 499 Super Chat. Going to my first AEW event this Wednesday with my girl. We both got Claudio for the Joker. Should be a good one. Keep it real, JD. Ghost, have a good time, brother. Should be a great show, man. A lot of Owen Cup drama going on on Wednesday night. Jerry Ramey with a $20 Super Chat. JD, I know if MJF goes to WWE, he could be a great, he could be great based on talent, personality, but Vince and Bruce love to fuck with stuff. He could get the Cody treatment. It's impossible to screw up MJF, but they'll find the way. Let me tell you something to Jerry. Uh, they have not fucked up Cody Rhodes yet. Until they fuck up Cody Rhodes, you may be wrong on that one, bro. WWE has done a great job with Cody Rhodes right now, and let's see what happens with Cody before we make any determination on what would happen to MJF. Also, with the $10 super, uh, super chat is Jerry Ramey. Give Trish a match. Give Trish a four-match deal and use Trish to put over Shotzi and Liv. Sasha would probably want to face Trish as well. Yes, if there's one match that I want to see Trish in, it's against Sasha Banks. That's the only match I'd give a shit about, and that's it. It could be a one-off match. It could be something that's not for the title. Something innocent for her to come back. That's it. It'd be fun. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Bro, I'm sorry. There's no booty meat here, bro. But he says, JD, I love you, bro. I love you too, Tony Brown. Thank you for being a VIP, man. We'll get the booty meat tomorrow, man. We'll talk about the booty meat tomorrow on Monday night. Cam G with a $15 super chat. If MJF goes to WWE, I'll watch WWE every single week. He's one of those guys, man. He's one of those guys that will have people tuning in to see what he does and says next. JD, you still need to do more. You still need to have more mods. Sign me up. I'd be all for it. I don't know what I do, man. I don't know what I'm going to do with the mod situation. You guys want to be mods, but I got I to gotta trust you first. I got to trust you first, bro. Jack with a 199 Super Chat. Thoughts on Dave Meltzer? I quite like Dave. Him and Alvarez, man. Alvarez is my favorite over there on the uh, Wrestling Observer team. They're all good guys over there, man. Dave, Brian... Andrew Zarian. Denise works over there, too. We don't like Denise here. Too fake. Too happy. Too uh, too happy-go-lucky, man. Too positive. We need some fucking realism, man. Tell me what I'm watching without making me look and feel stupid. That's what I always say. Hollywood guy with a $5 super jab. With Roman leaving, will the IC title and US title be pushed now? It needs some love. Since the heavyweight belt is not there, push the other belts. Hollywood guy, Roman Reigns is going to be there, bro. The whole him taking 10 weeks off is not real. He will be at the TVs. He will only be working the major stadium shows and no-how shows. Smackdowns and major stadium shows from this point on. That's it. 
But yes, WWE should already be in a position where the IC title and the US title have some leverage, man. They got some prestige behind them, but they don't. Who's to, who's to say Roman Reigns goes down with injury, man? If he gets hurt, what's going to happen? Lord Quaz with a $5 super chat, Lord Quaz. Thank you so much, bro. Uh, you going to Grand Slam this year, JD? I went last year and definitely will be going in. Well, I'll be doing a meet and greet, bro. I'll be doing a meet and greet. Probably at the same place at Forest Hill Station House, man. You guys will be 10 minutes by Uber to the Grand Slam Arthur Regiment. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. You think Heel Bryan could beat the Tribal Chief? Why are we talking about Heel Bryan, Michelle? By the time Roman is finished, Bryan's contract will be just up in AEW. D-Man G with a 499 Super Chat. If they are changing the Money in the Bank concept, it means Dwayne TRJ needs to come and win. If it's not, it's a wrap for WrestleMania 39 and will suck. I don't know who the fuck Dwayne TRG is. Who the fuck is TRG, man? You talking about Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Why would Dwayne Johnson win the, the Money in the Bank briefcase? Imagine that. That would be awful. Bobby Trizzle with a $5 super chat. Riddle should turn heel and join the Street Profits and have RVD as a manager and be called the Smoke Bros because we want the Smoke Bro. Bobby Trizzle, man. I, I don't think I could ever envision Matt Riddle being a heel, bro. Why do we want to turn Matt Riddle into a heel? Randy Orton is going to turn heel. It will be heel Orton versus babyface Riddle. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. Royal Rumble 2022. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Royal Rumble 2002 pay-per-view underrated. I think that whole, that whole entire pay-per-view year was underrated, man. SummerSlam 2002 was probably my favorite SummerSlam of all time. Ethan Harville with a 199 Super Chat. Remember when Jack Swagger won money in the bank? Yeah, me neither. Poor Jack Swagger, man. They fucking cut his balls off before he could even swim, huh? What a joke. And Ricardo with a three-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, bro. Just reaching out, JD. Hope everything is well with you. Also love your new Raquel Gonzalez. Impersonation. You're a legend, JD. Thank you. LOL. Yeah, you're, well, you're welcome, Ricardo. You're welcome, Ricardo. Raquel Gonzalez. Fucking ridiculous. What a horrendous show SmackDown is, man. My fucking God, that show sucks. Jesus Christ. Joseph Morrison with a $10 super chat, man. I disagree about Trish. She's had enough shine from WWE. If they bring anyone back to put someone over, it should be Melina. WWE hates her for some reason. Bro, why, why do you think WWE hates Melina, bro? 
Why do you think WWE hates Melina, bro? I mean, Melina's awful, man. She got eliminated in about 30 seconds of the Royal Rumble. That's what WWE thinks of Melina. They called her in to get eliminated in 60 seconds by Sasha Banks. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you all for stopping by the venue, man. We got a thousand likes. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers to you guys, man. Also, thank you for all the super chats. Thank you for the 1600 live in the venue. Issa, I see you. You know, I love that Issa is here the entire stream, man. We, we, don't, we don't see her say anything when she's here. Watching in the shadows is Issa. Always great. Thank you guys for the love tonight, man. Go look at all the other videos that I've got on the channel, man. On the homepage, everything you need is right there. I will be live tomorrow night, Monday Night Raw. Right here on the podcast. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Become notified. Turn on the bell. Back at it with a brand new week of content, man. Until then, I appreciate you, man. Let me see those guitar emojis in the chat. Up and down, I need to see those guitar emojis in the chat. If my if my VIPs, man, I know you got them. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat as well. And also, I need that music on fucking max. I'm getting out of here, guys. I'll see you live tomorrow night after Monday Night Raw right here from the OTS venue on Off The Script. I'll see you guys later.